Welcome to Unraveling Pink, a podcast tackling gender bias at work. I'm Annie Rogaski. This is my 73rd episode. It's kind of hard to believe. It's been about a year and four or five months since I launched in January 2017. And I thought I would spend a little time reflecting on that time and what I've done with this podcast and what's come out of this podcast. So this will be a bit of an unraveling pink reflection. My overall assessment is that the pink bandana is not yet fully unraveled, but I do think it's a bit more tattered than when this podcast began and we're still moving forward. So I wanted to start with a little bit of the evolution of how I've approached this podcast because I was a little surprised with how many different formats I explored. And I'd really like to get your feedback on what resonated with you, what you thought worked, what didn't, what you'd like to see more of in the future. So I started this podcast focusing on pink bandana moments. And this was uh, stories that people had about the times when they had experienced gender bias and how we could approach those situations differently and looking for constructive ways of overcoming that bias, avoiding that bias, um, something that people could put into place. And we started this with every episode concluding with a challenge, which continues to this day, which is great, to try to give people constructive ways of improving gender relations in their workplaces. From there, I moved to male ally moments in November of last year, and some of you may remember that. It was a daily posting of 30 days of stories of how men have been allies to women. And this was intended to show sort of the positive side of equality of how men are allies to women and how that moves us forward collectively. And even though a lot of the uh, male ally moment stories were on pretty basic things. I think that that was important to show the impact that those small actions that men can take at work, the impact that that has on the women that they work with. So it's not that hard to be a male ally to women and a little bit goes a long way. So that was a really interesting experiment. We continued that format uh, into the new year and then actually brought in the male allies in some of those stories to hear their perspectives as well. So we did some of those in January of 2017. From there, we moved to Women Helping Women stories in March of this year. And that experiment did not get quite as much traction. And I'm still exploring why it didn't. And as always, if you have thoughts on that, let me know. I have talked with a few people about this to get their perspectives on what happened. And there are different theories. One was the timing was tough. It was quarter end. Uh, it was also posed that women maybe aren't, are not helping women as much as men help women. And that would be a very sad commentary, but one to certainly consider. Other explanations were women aren't in as many positions of power, so they don't have the ability or the, the resources or the um, political capital to help other women. Another suggestion was that women don't use their relationship capital uh, in the same way that men do or that they don't have as much 
or that they perceive it as more limited than men do. And the final suggestion I received for the lack of stories of women helping women was just that there's more potential for reputation loss for women if it doesn't work out. And this would support the, the theory that there really are not as many women helping women as men helping women. So I might explore that again. Uh, I have some other theories for why that did not go as well as it could have, which lie at my feet, just in how I approached that month and who I reached out to and um, the likelihood of getting responses from people. From there, I moved into a male-female conversation. To provide an example to our audience about how men and women can approach some of these difficult conversations, to model what it's like to talk about some of the issues that we're grappling with these days that we might be more inclined to talk about in uh, single gender groups. And I'm curious about the response on that. I haven't heard too much about it. I haven't received anything really positive or negative. And this was my favorite of all of the formats I've tried out so far. I thought it was the, the best way for us to move forward to really get men and women engaged in talking about these issues. So I'd love to hear from you if you have thoughts on that and just haven't posted or reached out. Um, if you thought it was a good format and you think it should continue and you'd like to get your voice out there, let me know that as well because this obviously requires two or more willing guests per episode. A couple trends that came out of the different formats and episodes that we did um, that I think are worth potentially exploring in the future too that I want to throw out there and let me know what you think. Uh, one is equality for men. Um, this is really looking at whether we should be tackling both sides of the gender equality equation because there are ways that men aren't allowed to be equal that need to be fixed. And I've re referenced some of these resources in the past, but Mark Green, Re Remaking Manhood, and Ray Arada, uh, The Better Man Conference, both of them tackle these issues of how can we change things for men in a way that would advance men and women together. And I think that's a, a, something worth exploring. I know that this sometimes gets some backlash of, you know, men are being discriminated against, so why should we look at that? Um, and I think this is a different twist on that. This is more looking at some of the ways that society boxes men and women and, um, and prevents us from collectively moving together for equality. So I think that's something potentially worth exploring some more. Let me know what you think. Another concept that came out uh, in our male-female conversation episode with Marion and Dan was around gender fluidity. And as the spectrum of gender builds out, does that necessarily move us closer together in equality? Will there be less distance or less difference among us? And if we get to a point of better embracing gender fluidity, will that move us closer to gender equality? I think that's an interesting concept to explore and would love to hear what people think about that. So that's a little bit on format. In terms of content, I've reflected on the insights from many of the guests who shared their ideas on Unraveling Pink and wanted to just summarize some of their advice that I think moves us forward so we can interact more constructively we can make it safe for men and women to have conversations about harassment, discrimination, gender equity, evening out pay and opportunities. And these are the things that 
jumped out at me as some of the best ways we can do that. The first is education. Men and women both need to understand where inequalities arise, which can be through our language, our customs, how we make each other feel. We need both general education about gender-specific assumptions and where they come from, but also individual education, like talking with each other about where the lines are, for example, for us, I talked a little bit about this in the intimacy episode uh, last, last week or two, having that more specific education as well. This also, I think, creates a foundation for men and women to be honest with each other. So women to be honest about how they feel in interactions with men and men to enable those conversations where there might be power dynamics at play. And uh, some of the resources that I have shared in the past on this are M-Train, who was a guest on a prior episode, uh, Better Allies, you can follow on Twitter, and the Clayman Institute at Stanford, which is doing a a lot of great gender um, research and education. The next insight that came from our guests is tolerance, that we need to really give each other a break. And as you might recall, I've been through my periods of anger on this podcast um, and also I think have had some periods of tolerance. As women I think we need to try to not call out every little infraction. I am working on this because I know I am a big offender Um, but I think if we are incessant about calling it out it can crush the spirit of people who are trying to be an ally but working through long-standing habits. And sometimes I think that's hard to appreciate and understand, but everyone comes at this issue with their history and their own baggage. And as we all know, it's hard to change who you are and what you, how you grew up. And so I think giving each other a little bit of a break is useful on this front. In terms of tolerance, I also think that men need to allow for an excess of calling out before we can settle into an equilibrium. They should recognize that women have been fighting this battle for a long time, as the Me Too movement showed, and we have our own long-standing habits to break. Along with tolerance is the concept of patience. This is going to take time. We need to be patient with each other and with how slowly progress seems to take. But as long as we're moving forward, I think that's the important thing. But on the opposite side, I think we should remain impatient with the inequality that we still have, and keep pushing hard to get to equality. All of this, of course, requires effort, not just enjoying the status quo, not just saying, we'll hire the most qualified person without making an effort to ensure your candidate pool is the best, which necessarily means diverse, and not staying quiet when someone says something offensive. Better Allies has great tips for male allies as this corner of the court on this front. Next, I think we need to get awkward. We need to find someone with whom we disagree and have a conversation. Agree to have a safe conversation about gender or some other charged topic. Share your perspective and experience and really listen to theirs. Having a personal experience with someone who has a different perspective than you do is, I think, the best way to open up your mind and acknowledge that these issues are not black and white And even with the best intentions, people don't always say or do the right thing. Next is ask. Ask each other, for example, whether there was anything in an interaction that we had that made the other person uncomfortable. Ask other people to share their thoughts and experiences with you. 
Ask what it's like for the other person when someone makes assumptions about them because of their gender. This doesn't just impact women. In one of our prior episodes, Dan shared his experience of being a man in a park wanting to help a child who needed help, but not wanting to be mistaken for a pedophile. So we all have our issues, and we can learn about those by asking questions. And finally, compassion and empathy. I say this a lot on this podcast, but I think this is the key, getting to know each other better, trying to understand someone else's perspective, giving the benefit of the doubt. I think if we approach these sorts of charged topics with compassion and empathy, we'll get to a place of equality that much faster. So there's a lot still to be done and plenty to work on. And I will leave you with those suggestions as your challenges in this episode. I am going to take on a challenge of my own that I will just put out there so you all can hold me accountable to it. I'm going to be exploring the best way to continue this conversation for Unraveling Pink, whether it's one or more of the formats I've used in the past that I just talked about, or something new. So if there's a format that's resonated with you or that you would like to see in the future, let me know. In the meantime, to figure all of this out, Unraveling Pink is going to go on an early summer hiatus, taking a break until August or September. I will be back, I promise, because I am two episodes away from my 75th episode. And if you know anything about me, you know that I can't possibly stop at 73 when I'm two away from 75. So I don't intend to even stop at 75, but I do intend to get there. I do think a break will give me time to explore new ways to tackle gender bias and to explore my own thoughts on this space. I plan to continue interviewing guests during this time and recording episodes so that I can hit the ground running in the fall. So if you have a guest in mind, send them my way. If you want to be a guest on this podcast, let me know. Thank you all for listening over the past year and a half. Thanks to my many guests who have shared amazing insights and issued great challenges. While I am on a break, I will continue to post old episodes and challenges on Twitter. So if you're not already following at Unraveling Pink, this would be a great time to do so. And you'll probably find some episodes you might not have heard before and maybe listen to some old ones and get some new insights out of them. I'm really excited to explore the next phase of Unraveling Pink and to share it with you when I return because together we can unravel the pink bandana.